Father, we just want to thank you again for the privilege we have this morning to share your word. We have all prayed for this morning. There's no point repeating it. You answer prayer by faith only. Thank you for the answer. To you be all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, we're going to look at an interesting topic that should interest every Christian who is really serious. Every Christian who is into it with all his heart. That's conformed into the image of Christ. Conformed into his image. Conformed into his image. Our text is Ephesians 4 verse 20. And I'm reading TPT translation. 4, 20 to 24. But this is not the way we where of life that Christ has unfolded within you. If you have really, if you have really experienced the anointed one. Now I told you, the scripture that says, you know, about the anointing that breaks the yoke, is talking about Christ. The word Christ means the anointed one. Is the anointed one. Even though people are using it now to manipulate people. Is the anointed one. So he says, if you have really experienced the anointed one and heard his truth, if you have experienced the anointed one and if you have heard his truth, it will be seen in your life. For we know that the ultimate reality is embodied in Christ. He has taught you to let go of the lifestyle of the ancient man, the old self-life, which was corrupted by sinful and deceitful desires that spring from delusions. Now it is time to be made new by every revelation that's been given to you and to be transformed as you embrace the glorious Christ within you as your new life, as you embrace Christ, as your new life, and live in union with him. Mark this once I'm going to read now. For God has recreated you all over again in his perfect righteousness, and you now belong to him in the realm of true holiness. So, we read that the scripture says, if we have had, if we have had, if we have embraced Christ as our new life, if we have had. So, God wanting us to hear, gave us teachers, gave us people that he has anointed and given the grace to teach us. So, in Ephesians 4, 11, and he has appointed some with grace to be apostles, not everybody. Some, and some with grace to be prophets, not everybody. And some with grace to be evangelists, not everybody. And some with grace to be pastors, not everybody. And some with grace to be teachers. And their calling is to nurture you and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. It's not to take over for you, it's to prepare you to do your own work. To learn to pray yourself. 
is to prepare you to learn to pray yourself. It's not take over from you and you won't study, you won't know anything, and then you depend on them to be praying for you. That's not God's design. It's so that you yourself will learn to do your own work yourself. You learn to do evangelism. You learn to grow up and become a Sunday school teacher. You learn to visit people. You learn to call people. You learn to, you learn to do the work of the kingdom. That's what it is. It's not to come to them to be telling you prophecy. That's not God's design. But you know, I've taught it, the prophet of the New Testament is not the same with the prophet of the Old Testament. They are not doing the same thing. His work in the New Testament is not to tell you the future. It's in your Bible. Because Jesus said, my sheep hear what? My voice, and they do what? Follow. And as many as are led by, yes, if you are led by the Holy Spirit, who is telling you the future? What do you need it for? It's because people don't grow they don't understand, and they are being bamboozled. So it says that their calling is to nurture you and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. And as they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. They'll be winning souls, building up the body of Christ. Sunday school teacher teaching people to grow in the knowledge of Christ. Uh, life center teachers, you teach in your family. You, you know, you, you go to your job. Your life begins to influence people. They enlarge the body of Christ. These grace ministries will function until we all attain oneness into the faith. Until we believe what God believes. We come into agreement with God. Come into agreement with Jesus. We come into agreement with each other according to the scripture. Until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God. Remember, he said, if you have known him, your life will change. He said, until we all experience what it means to know the Son of God. And finally, we become one into a perfect man with the full dimensions of spiritual maturity and fully developed into the abundance of Christ, the life of Christ. Remember, he said, we have to know Christ who is our life until we begin to live in fullness of his life, abandoned. So somebody sees you, you can't tell you apart from Jesus. And then our immaturity will end. Not before then. How do you know it has ended? This is how you know. You are no more immature. And we will not be easily shaken by trouble. Because you live by his faith. You know in whom you believe. He's not a stranger to you. You trust him. Somebody says that doubting God is the core nature of atheism. People who say there's no God, they're not different from Christians who won't believe God. Because when you doubt God, you say you're not God. That's why without faith, it's impossible to please God. So when you have known Christ, your faith in him will be rooted and grounded. So you cannot be shaken by trouble, nor led astray by novel teachings. Anyone that comes in town, you carry your bag. Once you hear miracle, sometimes not even the miracle you are seeking, it's just miracle. 
or by the false doctrines of de deceivers who teach clever lies. But instead, we will remain strong and always sincere in our love as we express the truth to our lives. Strong. You walk in love. To, when you speak, you speak with respect. People, when people hear you, they hear a spirit that is like God. Humble. Lowly. All our, this is amazing. All our direction and ministries will flow from Christ and lead us deeper into him. Have we talked about the laws of Moses yet? I'm asking you. Have we heard about laws of Moses yet? Who are we talking about? Who are we talking about? Christ. The anointed head of his body, the church. May his name be blessed forever. So the scripture points you to Christ. Not to Moses. The era of Moses is over. God closed it down. When Jesus came, that era stopped. So the scripture points you to Jesus. That's what I was saying at the Living World Conference. When you go to read Bibles, look for Jesus. He will show you Jesus because your ministry flows from him. Everything flows from him. Nothing was created without him. And nothing happens in the kingdom without him. He said, without me, you can do. You look for him. You, look, you want to know him. The more you know him, the more you are grounded in him. The Bible says if you really have known him, it will flow in your life. It's not by promising God to do better. And you're ignorant. John 5, 39. Search the scripture. For in them you think you have eternal life. Say so you read the Bible, you think by reading it, you have eternal life. No. And they are they which testify of me. They point you to me. Why? Why? You will not come to me that you might have life. Life flows out of me. I am the source of life. Jesus is the source of your life. That's why we already say when you discover Jesus as your life, that everything flows from him, your life will change. And so the more we hear his word, the more our lives change. And David knew this, all this while. So in Psalm 119 verse 9, he said, where we tall, where we tall, that's an old English word. Where we tall shall a young man cleanse his ways? It's a question. Then he answered, by taking heed thereto unto thy word. If you want to cleanse your ways, take heed to the word. Christ is the living word. Jesus said, you are clean because of the words I've spoken to you. It will delete falsehood, wrong doctrines, all these things that will confuse your life and keep you carnal. It will delete all of them. Jesus said, you are clean because of the word I've spoken to you. So, so how do you want to clean your life? You have to clean your life of all this junk that is not from the Spirit of God. Because as long as they are controlling your thinking, you are living a lie. You are living a lie. 
Then he says in verse 11, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against. He says, when I hide this word in my heart, all the issues of life come from where? From the heart. Who is the word? Christ. The word made flesh. The knowledge of Christ. The word. If I hide this knowledge of Christ in my heart, then I will not sin against you. Why? Then I can believe the truth. For without faith, it is impossible to please him. So he's talking about the word that gives you faith. So you can believe him. And when you believe him, you see the glory. If I had it in my heart, if I believe the testimony about Christ, who is my life? He said, if you have discovered it's your life, if I find him, if I see it, if I understand it, from whom my life flows, the only hope of glory I have, if I know him. He said, it will flow in your life. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin again. You know, we read it and think, yeah, if I had it, I, I would. No, no, it's not about you. It's about what is doing in your life, producing in your life. You can do absolutely what? Forget about you. Forget about me. So the scripture urges us to cast off the old man. Remember what we read? He said, if we, can, if we know that the old man should be cast off, if we can cast off the old man, the old nature, that we should put on the new nature. So in Ephesians 4.22, it says, throw off your old sinful nature now and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the spirit do what? I want to hear you. Come on. Let the spirit do what? Renew your thoughts and attitude. Brethren, this is important. You should listen to me. If you want to live in victory over the devil, over the world, over, over, if you want to live a victorious, glorious life, Christ must be your life and he must flow. He is the only hope for you to overcome anything. He must flow. This is not a question of, oh, I want to go to heaven. No. It's because that's the only way you have to live your life and live in glory and live above the world. It says when you mature in him, troubles won't bother you anymore. Won't bother you anymore. Because you know that all of them are under your feet. You know in whom he's bigger than anything. He's bigger. Daniel, you put Daniel in lion's den. He was sleeping. He was sleeping. In the midst of storm, Jesus was sleeping. When you know him, those who know their God, they shall be what? Strong. What next are you going to do? Explore. You won't be running around looking for prophets. You'll be in fellowship and deep union with God that God will discuss your life with you. There is nothing that will happen in your life that is serious. God will not talk, talk to you about. Nothing. Even your extended family. He will tell you this is going to happen in your family. He will tell you what to do. That's, that's the advantage of all of these things. So that you can hear God clearly. You're not confused about what God is telling you, what God is doing in your life. You're not confused. 
he will, if you are doing something, he will redirect you. What is, he will change, he will redirect you. There's no effort, no labor. Because he loves you with a love you can't understand. You will never understand how much God loves you. Never. It's beyond human understanding. It is mind-boggling. I'm telling you the truth. Tell you the honest truth. So he says in Ephesians 4.22, throw off your old sinful nature and your former war of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. 23. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God. Truly righteous and holy, created to be like God. He didn't tell you to come and promise God to do better. You can do nothing. He's just telling you what to do. Put on what God has already done. Put it on. And let the spirit manifest it. Then in Colossians 3.9, it makes it even clearer. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature. It's gone. And all is wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life you have, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave, free. You went to college, you didn't go to college, you see relevant here. Christ is all that matters. And he lives in all of us. Can I hear a big amen here? Yes, yes. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. That's what he said. The scripture will point you to Christ. It's all that matters. It is all that matters. You are complete. If you have him, you are good to go. You're complete. So, we must know that the old man has already been cast out. For you to really, really experience it, you must believe what God has already accomplished. It's called faith. It's not rocket science. We believe things every time. You came here, you sat on the chair because you believe they will hold you. If you came here, you are not sure it will hold you. You are not going to sit on it. We exercise faith all the time. So it's not something rocket science that God is saying. No, no, no. It's simple. So in Romans 5, 6, 5, since we have been united with him, we have been united with him in his death. We also be raised to life as it was. Verse 6. We know, oh, we have to know it, that our old sinful selves were what? Crucified with who? Christ. Why? Read it. So that sin might lose what? His power what? Sin has lost its power in your life. Because when you came to Christ, your old sinful nature was crucified. The Bible says it was cast off. The Bible says it was a circumcision, not made with hand. You either believe God or you don't believe God. It's not, the only way you walk with God is faith. There is no other way to walk. With, you have to walk with God by believing what he's doing because it's not what you are doing. It's what God is doing. In the Old Testament, it was what you are doing. In the New Testament, it was God, what God is doing. Because when Jesus came, they say, Emmanuel, God is what? Here. 
Say the promised deliverer is here to, to set us free from the hands of our enemies and all that hate us so that we can serve him in righteousness without fear all the days of our life. And he accomplished the task. He said, it is what? Finished. This task is accomplished. Verse 6. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. We're no longer. You know the, the old slaves in, in Afri American history? Let me not even talk of America because we have slaves in our, in our villages. Don't look at me like that, my friend. We have slaves. When your village fought war and they conquered another village, they took slaves. It's not what we did. They, they captured slaves. The, those families they captured will come and serve them. In every village has slaves. So when that slave is set free, and he goes free, and after one year he's, he's talking about himself as a slave, he will remain a slave in his mind, in his attitude, in everything he's doing. Because as a man thinketh, he will remain a slave. If you are talking about your slavery to sin, thinking about your slavery to sin, talking about slavery to sin, talking about this, you are not believing God. And if you don't believe God, it's impossible to please him. It's all waste of time. It's called religion. You get back to all that kind of stuff. And it's when you know the truth, it sets you free works. Verse 7. For when you died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Can I hear amen here? I want us to read verse 7 together. One, two, go loud. Let's hear it. One, two, go. When we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Now, you are going to say, when I died with Christ. Let's go. One, two, go. When I died with Christ, I was set free from the power of sin. If you believe it, shout hallelujah. So, why are you going to God and promising him to be better? Better what? He's finished the work. He told you, believe, 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 and see. You won't believe. God, I want to be better. I want to improve. I did that once, and God was looking at me. He said, what are you doing? I said, I came to consecrate myself. He said, no, no. What are you doing at my altar? I said, I'm promising you to be better. I said, then get out of here. You don't have to come here. Since you can do it yourself, why are you here? Go and be doing it. You disregard what I did for you, and you came to promise me what you're doing. If you can do it, why did I come? I came because you, were, you had no strength. Why you were without strength? Christ came. Verse 11. So you should consider yourself to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Jesus Christ. Think of the old life has cast away. Once you begin to change the way you think, your life begins to change. For all the issues of life come from the heart. In Romans 12 verse 2, don't copy the behavior and custom of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. It's simple. The way you think is to give you information, to teach you the word. That's why I said I could put pastors and teachers to teach you. 
de tes yeux. In Colossians 1.6, you see what the gospel did and does in the life of people. Those who believe it, the same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit. Where? Everywhere. By what? Changing life. The same gospel, the power of God unto salvation. It's not just unto salvation we say it. No. When God says this saves you, it really saves you. When God says this saves you, it means it utterly, really saves you, changes you. He says, he says, this good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives. Just as it changed your lives from the day you faced what? Had it. And then what's the next one? And yes, it's not that you had it only, but you understood it. Remember where we started. If it is true that you have encountered the anointed one and that you've heard from him. Wisdom comes from his mouth. Revelation comes from the Holy Spirit. It's not just that you heard the gospel. It's to understand it. You heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. He said you learned about the good news from Epaphras, our beloved co-worker, who is Christ's faithful servant. He's helping us on your behalf. So Paul changed his thinking. And you can. I can. We can always do that. And it's not the once and for all thing. It's a continuous renewing the mind is you renew what you when you renew your renew your license, you had a license. You can't renew a license you didn't have. So when you say renew your mind, it's to renew what you know, make it have, make it fresh always by studying. Let it be fresh. If you are not making it fresh, you will forget it. And the Bible says, forgetful hearers are deceiving themselves. And let me make a statement. Every Christian here, listen to me. Is either you are joking with your life or you are serious? One of these ones. Is either you learn by wisdom or experience will teach you? There are two ways about it. I know they're here, I know they're here. One day experience will teach you. Don't joke with Christianity. Issues of life rise you can't handle. That's when you start running all over the place. Don't joke with Christianity. Mama was telling us something one day. He said, it was original. He said, make the best of Christianity now. He said, this is the time you should grow and win souls. He said, I used to go from house to house, giving out tracts. He said, I can't do it now. He said, I can't do it now. He said, I, he said I'm urging you people that use your life now. Use it now. Christianity is not for Pastor Chino Demon. It's for you. For your own good. So those of you who are serious, let me tell you something. If you want to benefit from your Christianity, the word of God must be primary in your life. God himself exalted his word above what? All his name. You can't do less than that. The word of God must take primary place in your life. And you must make time to study it, meditate on it. If you don't meditate on it, you won't benefit from it. It has to go down from your head, down into your spirit before it will work. That's why it doesn't work for many people. They don't, they don't have time for it. What you don't have time for will not bless you. 
Time is what you need to invest in anything to benefit from it. If you go to school, you don't have time to study with fail. David spent, wrote some 119 is on the word of God. Go ahead and read it. What the man found about this word of God. So it made me wiser than my teachers. That's why I was writing. He said, to cleanse my ways, your word. So I hide it, I won't sin again. He said, go and read what that man was writing. Are you surprised that I had revelation beyond this time? Can I hear amen? So Paul, that's where we are. 2 Corinthians 5.17. This means, this is Paul. This is Paul. This is Paul. In 2 Corinthians 5.17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. You are a new person. Don't try to change. You already changed. God already changed. You are a new person. Embrace who God made you. Believe what God made you to be. Confess what God made you to be. Belongs to Christ, has become a new person. The old life is gone. When did it go? When did your old life go? Ah, when did it go, everybody? Ah? Ah. When did your old life go? When? When they had you in maternity? When did it go? The day you gave your life... That's something you are saved from first. You are saved from your old nature. You couldn't behave yourself out of it. The Bible says we were by nature sons of wrath and anger. We were sinful by nature, all of us. You couldn't change it. A leper does not change his skin. It's in Christ that God took you and did something no man can do in your life. He changed your nature. He took that sinful nature, took it away, and buried it. Buried it with Jesus. Don't go to look for it. It's gone. Child of God. You lift up your hand and worship him and say, it's gone, Lord. It's gone, Lord. It's gone, Lord. I'm a new creature. I have a new life. Christ is my life. If any man belongs to Christ... He has become a new person. The old life is gone now. A new life has begun. If you're in this class, shout hallelujah. And then he said, not a, all, all of this is a gift from God. <laughs> Who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. The result is amazing. Completely amazing. You know, it began to shoot out of Paul's life. In second, the same second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14, he says, either way now, this is Paul talking about his life, Christ's love controls me. <laughs> I'm no more controlled by my emotions. I'm not controlled by what you do. No, no, what you do does not control me. <laughs> that you gossip about me doesn't control me. What they say doesn't control me. What I want does not control me. No. I have a new life. He said, Christ's love, what? Controls me. And what his love can do, you can't do it on your own. Christ's love controls us. Why is Christ's love now controlling poor? This, this is why. 
since we believe that Christ died for all. Are you hearing me? Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have died to the old life. See, that's what we did. We simply believed. And Christ's life took, took over our life. All we did was just believe what he did. Didn't Jesus say, only believe and you shall see the glory. So, you have to enter into the rest of God. Jesus invited us to a life of rest. Not level. Not level. Say, come unto me, all you that are, if you want to be holy, trying to be holy, struggling to be holy, come, bring it. I will give you rest. I will take over and do it on your behalf. Right in your life. And you will see what you couldn't achieve yourself. Can I hear a meme here? Verse 15. He died for everyone. So that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. That's why he died for us too. That the old life is gone. So this new life is not selfish. No longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ. Who died and was raised for that that was raised for you. For you. Let's hear more from Paul. I'm going to read this TPT. It tells the, listen, I, I, many of you came to America before me, so you must understand English more than me. Now. So as I'm reading, make sure you understand. If I have accent, try and understand. Philippians 3 verse 3. Interesting. Let's go. For we have already experienced heart circumcision. We worship God in the power and freedom of the Holy Spirit. In the power and freedom of the Holy Spirit. Not in laws and religious duties. That's not how we worship God these days. It's in the power and freedom that the Holy Spirit gives you through Christ. Freedom from control of sin, freedom from control of the world, freedom from control of Satan, and brings you into the freedom of Christ, where you breathe the air of true righteousness, the life of God through Christ. We are those who boast in what Jesus Christ has done. Can I hear amen, church? In what Jesus Christ has done and not in what we have accomplished in our own strength. Verse 4. It is true that I once relied on all that I had become. I had reason to boast and impress people with my accomplishment more than others. For my pedigree was impeccable. Verse 5. I was born. He started to give his, his uh, resume. I was born a true Hebrew of the heritage of Israel as the son of a Jewish man from the tribe of uh, Benjamin. I was circumcised the eight, eight days after my birth and was raised in the strict tradition of Orthodox Judaism, living a standard and devout life as a Pharisee. Six, and concerning the righteousness of the Torah, no one surpassed me. I was without peer. I was above them all when it came to obeying the laws of God. Furthermore, as a fairy defender of the truth, I persecuted the Messiah believers with religious zeal. I saw them as 
were heretics. Seven, yet, yet, all of the accomplishments that I was to credit for, I have now forsaken them all. But that's what many Christians cling to. That's what they bring to God. Their goodness, their righteousness. And you're telling them, no, drop that. No, pastor. Okay. Take it. I have now forsaken them, and I regard it all as nothing compared to the delight, compared to the delight of experiencing Jesus as my Lord. There's a difference here. To truly know him meant letting go of everything from my past, throwing all my boasting on the, on the garbage heap. It's all like a pile of manure to me now. So that I may enrich, I may be enriched in the reality of knowing Jesus Christ and embrace him as Lord in all of his greatness. My passion is to be consumed with him and not cling to my own, my own righteousness based on keeping the written law. My only righteousness will be his. Ha. Based on the faithfulness of Jesus Christ, the very righteousness that comes from God, comes from God. And I continually long to know the wonders of Jesus and to experience the overflowing power of his resurrection. Come on. Tell me something. Why do we love religion? Do for you. Tell it. He says, and I continually long to know the wonders of Jesus and to experience the overflowing power of his resurrection working in me. I will be one with him in his suffering and become like him in his death. I am Christ is all I have. And this is how we serve God in the New Testament, you know. Romans 7, verse 6. But now we have been released from the law. For we died to it and no longer captive to its power. Now we can serve God. How? Not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law. Paul said, I discarded it. If we come to that, I was perfect. But it's useless. I found something. I found Christ, the way to God. The only way to God. All that thing couldn't bring me to God. Only Christ can. All that can, can make me acceptable to God. Only the blood washed me clean. I found Jesus. I'm done. But now, we have been released from the law. For we died to it. We are no longer captive to his power. Now, we can serve God. Not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law. But in the new way of living in the spirit. Living in the works of the power of the Spirit of God. Not in the arm of the flesh. 
Look at his testimony again. Colossians 3, 4. Colossians 3, 4. Can we read it together? One, two, go. Let's go. When Christ, who is, I don't put our, put me. When Christ, who is my life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Who is your life? Christ. If Christ is your life, if Christ is righteous, then you are righteous. You can't say Christ is my life and uh, it's not my life. Is that that is your life or it's not your life? You can't be saying Christ is my life and then you present to God your, yourself. No. If Christ is your life, that's why Paul said, he said, I discarded all these ones I thought was useful. I found Christ. My only hope of uh, My only, he said, when you came on, if you embrace him, his life will start issuing out of you. No effort. He will, it will start issuing out of you. You will see people you used to hate. You want to embrace them. You know, I had an experience once. I wanted to embrace everybody. <laughs> I see people like this. I just wanted to hug them. I said, what's happening to me? I want to, <laughs> they were looking awesome. Everybody, I didn't know them, but I, 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 I had to restrain myself. I wanted to hug them and tell them how I love them, how wonderful they were. This thing has happened to me twice in my life. And then the Lord said to me, that's the way I love people. I loved, when I say I love the world, I love them. I'm not, I'm not telling you a lie. I love them. For God so loved the world. He said, I do really love them. God does not lie. First John, verse 5. And this is the record that God had given to us, eternal life. And this life is where? In his son. Let's continue. And this, he that had the son, had what? Life. He that had not the son, had not life. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have life. He is our life. He that had the son had life, and he that had not the son had not life. Verse 13. These things have I written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God. Do you believe in the name of the Son of God? He says that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may also believe in the name of the Son of God. Keep believing you have eternal life. So Paul lived his life like this. Galatians 2.20. He said, I'm crucified with Christ now. That's the same testimony he's giving. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. Christ is my life. What can Paul produce? Not I, but Christ. Liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Remember, he died for us. Gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness is by the law, then Christ died in vain. He said, I tried all that before. He didn't bring me righteousness. God couldn't accept me based on that. Because without the shedding of blood, my sins will not be forgiven. No matter how I keep the law, first of time. Philippians 1.21. Can we read Philippians 1.21? Everybody. For to me, 
To live is Christ. To die is gain. For me, to live is what? Christ. Not me. Christ. Can you tell somebody, to me, to live is Christ? Oh, no, no, no. You know, listen, listen. Before I came, after when you finished Sunday school, you were so noisy here. I was listening. I was hearing it in my face. So now that your noise, use it. The way that is, is beneficial. I want to hear you tell that person. For to me, to live is Christ. Come on, let's go. <laughs> to live is Christ. We know we strengthen sin in our life by trying to depend on ourselves, by trying to look for what to do and what to, instead of what God has done and what God is doing. When we start looking at ourselves. <clears throat> what we do, we are strengthening sin. You are not going to be better. Just wasting your time. Because the arm of the flesh will always fail. Christ is the arm of the Lord. Look at it now. First Corinthians 15, 56. The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is what? I didn't hear you. The thing that strengthens sin in your life is what? I didn't write it. The Holy Spirit wrote it. The strength of sin is life. It's, it's law. So if I'm, if I'm focusing on myself and the laws, I'm strengthening sin in my life. But, then, but thanks be to God, who gives us what? The victory. Through who? He said, if you want victory over sin, it's not through the law. It will strengthen sin in your life. If you want victory, it's through Christ. It's through faith in Christ. It's through what he did on the cross. He gave us victory. He rose in victory. We rose with him in newness of life. The power of sin has been destroyed. So you believe what he did. You believe what he did. I'll go and, because of my time, you know, we time ourselves here. So we don't keep you longer than. I want to show you something. You know, the devil will be interested in trying to stop you. <laughs> he injects doubt into people. Look at John the Baptist, the greatest of the Old Testament prophets. First John 1, 29. Hear his witness in church. He was a pastor here. In fact, he was the archdeacon and the bishop. Right here. Jesus said, no, greater than him. But the least in the kingdom is greater than him. So he was greater than Moses. That's what Jesus said. He said, no, greater than him. It's in the kingdom that were greater than him. He was greater than Moses. Greater than Moses. The Bible says he's the one that God sent ahead of Jesus. And his ministry was short. He did no miracle. But Jesus said, of all the people born of women, this is greater than all of them. He said, who do you go out to see? You think you're going to see a reed or something? No. No. The revelation he brought to the world is greater than any revelation people have seen before. His ministry brought the final revelation of God. Christ, Emmanuel, God is here. Listen to him. Let's go to his church. Let's go. Shall we? John 1, 29. Let's hear John preach. The next day, John saw Jesus coming unto him 
and said, Behold the Lamb of God. Quit it away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me, and I knew him not. But that he should be made manifest to Israel, therefore I have come baptizing with water. 32. And John bear record saying, I saw the spirit too. I saw it descending from heaven like a what? A dove. And they abode upon him. And I knew him not to, but he that sent me to baptize with water. The same said unto me, upon whom thou shalt see the spirit descending and remaining on him, the same he is, the, is, is he which baptized with the Holy Spirit. And I saw and I bear record that this is the Son of God. 35. Again, the next day, let's go to church. John is preaching. The next day, John stood and two of his disciples, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. And the two disciples had him, and they followed. Incredible testimony. Isn't that beautiful? You sit in church here, you are shouting with me, Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a battle. The enemy will try to inject doubt in him. He does it all the time. So after John, did all of this. Let's go to, to Matthew 11. From verse 1. And it came to pass when Jesus had made an end of commanding, commanding his 12 disciples, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. Verse 2. Listen to John now. This is a great prophet. Listen to him. Now when John had in, in the prison, the works, they had the works of Christ he sent two of his disciples and said unto him, I know he that should uh, come. Or do we? So what happened? He <laughs> is the one saying, I saw the spirit descend on him. I had God tell me this. And I did. He said, I'm telling you people, he's the one. The one that sent me spoke to me. I didn't know him, but I saw it. I saw vision. I saw it. I know he that what? Commit. Oh. The devil used his life circumstance to inject doubt, to say this is not the Christ. He does it all the time. That's why people backslide. And the Bible said, don't walk by sight. Never walk by sight. If you do, without Christ. He was in jail. He expected his cousin at least to come. They were cousins. He didn't come. Because Jesus knew this man is going. In divine plan, his time, and even John said, he said, I will decrease. And he will increase. But he forgot it. I told you, I said, God said, I'll fulfill the days of your life. I said, we have different days and numbers. People think Christians don't die. Are you kidding me? John died. John the Baptist. Was not born again, but he passed away. At the appointed time. He was doubting Christ. And remember, scripture says, without faith, it is what? You can shout all you want in church. The enemy will try to inject doubt. 
they want to invade your heart and point you to your life, to your shortcomings, to your difficulties, to this and to that. But you know what Jesus did? They answered him with the word. Let the word testify for you. I don't know if you got what I said. See what Jesus said. Matthew, Matthew 11, 4. Jesus didn't say, tell him I'm the one. Ah, why is it that? No. Matthew 11, 4. Jesus answered and said to them, go and tell John the things which you hear and see. Verse 5. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Don't get offended because of Jesus. You know what Jesus did? He quoted Isaiah 35, 4. He said, my witness is my father's word. That's all. That's what he did. That's what he did all his life. He said, my father bearing witness of me. He would quote what the father said. When the devil came, he said, it is what? This is what my father said. Look at Isaiah 35. Say to those who are of fearful and hasty heart, be strong, fear not, behold, your God will come. Emmanuel, Jesus is there. With vengeance, with the recompense of God, he will come and save you. Five, then the eyes of the blind shall be what? Open. The ears of the deaf shall be what? Unstrapped. Then shall the lame man what? Leap like a heart, and the tongue of the dumb shall sing for joy. For water shall break forth in the wilderness and streams of desert. He simply quoted Isaiah. Say, go and tell him the work, what God said is happening here. Case closed. Don't fight with your wisdom, you will lose. Say what God said. Just say it. The book of Revelation said, let me read it and I close with that. Am I communicating? Because sometimes you start arguing, wasting your time. Revelation 12, 11. They conquered him completely through the blood of the Lamb and the powerful word of his God's testimony. They triumphed because they did not love and cling to their own life, even when faced with death. Colossians 3, 16. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives you. Sing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. Let us pray.